0: Hey, I'm Danny Belvin, and I'm Danika Brown, and we're
1: biracial unicorns. And our friend code is five 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 five
0: one. I think that may have been our dorkiest,
1: nerdiest <laughs> <laughs> tagline yet. I feel like if anyone is old enough to understand that, that they're going to automatically just be our friends like there's multiple levels that's like there's age and then there's nerdiness involved like there's definitely a combo of like tag lightness right there but i don't know it's hard to be original every single time though we're coming up with this <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping it fresh I <laughs> um, do you feel like the wizarding world game which was what we're referring to you think that's like taken off as much as like Pokemon Go game is? Oh,
0: definitely not. I feel like, because I I was on both of those trains the day they (laughs) released Pokemon (laughs) Go and Wizards Unite, and I feel like Pokemon Go was just like insane. Everywhere I would go People were playing Pokemon Go, like I was there. To play Pokemon Go, and I would <laughs> see like everyone standing around, clearly catching Pokemon on their phone. And I've seen a little bit of that with Wizards Unite, but not
1: near as much. It's crazy because I'm like I was obviously over here when they both launched, so then I came back home, you know, like two years ago ish to visit, and I was in Old Town with my friend having dinner, and it's weird seeing a bunch of like a grouping of. Young people in a part of very old Albuquerque just looking at their phones. And I'm like, are they all playing Pokemon Go? It was like, it just was like a cultish kind of Shaun of the Dead kind of zombie Pokemon, but also really cool because it's like, look at this community and people enjoying their city. It was a mixed bag, but now I understand because I didn't Pokemon Go, but I wasn't tonight.
0: I I was definitely, I was definitely in old town on Wednesday, you were one yeah, of those people, uh, yeah. I was there with friend of the show, Josh. Who's been what, what? On the show. <laughs> yeah, we were there playing, and I didn't see that many other people playing. I definitely saw a couple, but not near the levels of Pokemon Go players. I felt like,
1: yeah, it was intimidating, girl. Uh, oh, we need to have a whole episode about this because definitely, like, my husband, he's more of the Pokemon Go player. I guess in Cambridge, if you try to go into like a raid, there's someone, a physical human being there with a clipboard asking to like take your name and making sure you can be part of this gym, like a literal gym membership. Wait, are you serious? Girl, I wish I wasn't. Yeah, I kid you not. And there are like groups like you have to join the Facebook group in order to be part of the gym so you can be part of the raid like in person in Cambridge in a park like sitting there looking to see who's on their phone and been like, hey, are you playing? We actually just want you to be part of our actual gym membership. What? You're Cambridge. Be scholarly. What is this? Anyway, I don't get it.
0: I don't think Wizards Unite will get to that level. I don't think so either. I don't really play Pokemon Go anymore, but I might start again (laughs) now that I'm playing (laughs) Wizards Unite because I actually (laughs) think I prefer Pokemon Go.
1: Girl, that's how they get you.
0: I know it's it's terrible. But when I was in Japan this past winter, I saw people playing Pokemon Go everywhere.
1: I was mm. like, oh,
0: this is still a thing. <laughs> still- I know several people who play, to be fair, and I, I see them like post about playing. So I can only imagine I know more people than that who don't talk about
1: playing Pokemon Go. Girl, it's closeted. I'm just let you know, because if you just mention it, because like I said, I don't play, but my husband does. And he keeps outing people. He's really because he's late to the game, and he's straight up out people. I'm like, I know you play, <laughs> like, babe. You can't do that. <laughs> that's amazing. Ah, yeah. uh, grown people playing games on their phone. Love it. I know.
0: I feel like this is how the apocalypse begins. <laughs> There's gonna be like some sort of mind control thing that's gonna come through these games, and then we're all fucked.
1: <laughs> Let him come. As long as I win my wizards battle first. Fair. Gotta finish those potions, man. Definitely. They gotta brew, because I need to find some more Newt Spleen, some Dragon Eye, <laughs> whatever is. Mm-hmm. I'm so... I don't, bu- I don't yeah. understand how walking turns a key to open the... Girl, I'm so over it. Like, I'm just, like, I feel like I walk a lot in my life, and I'm just, like, and, if, and it's all in kilometers anyway. I'm like, I still don't know what that is. <laughs> like, I just can't with you right now. To be
0: fair, I'm only going to go for a walk if someone's going to gamify it. So, yeah, please continue <laughs>
1: to force th- me to that, take care yeah. of myself. <laughs> but in England, everyone, like everyone walks. It's just how you do. Life is walking. So, I'm like, I need I need this key to hurry on up because I can't fit in any more walking in my life. This is what you get. Well,
0: speaking of taking care of ourselves, <laughs> Segue. This week we'll be talking about mental health uh-huh. and how to care for that a little uh-huh. bit. I mean, we are not licensed mental health professionals. So everything nope. you you hear here, you should take with a grain of salt. Uh-huh. But I mean, we're human beings who experience
1: this life. <laughs> That's <laughs> so we our accreditation feelings <laughs> about mental health. Uh so many this this may be maybe that's why we started off so nerdy is because this is like such at least for me it's such a deep personal topic i'm like yep i'm just gonna cover this topic that's actually quite dark with as much inappropriate humor as humanly possible so i can cope <laughs> girl you do you
0: whatever you need to do Whatever self-care steps you need to take to to talk about
1: this. Look at this. Look at this language. Look at this. It's just this isn't uh, I love it. But but mental health for the first time probably in a long time is something that I feel people in general among our society across the board. We are talking about it openly.
0: Oh, definitely. I, I mean, I wouldn't have even had had that language to talk about it 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's the the concept of of self care and taking care of your mental health. I don't think I even had those words in my vocabulary. Mental illness, sure, mm-hmm. but mental health—that idea—I feel like is is relatively new for me.
1: Mm-hmm. I I really do, and I feel it's it's a lot more in news. I think um, it's actually why I wanted to talk about this. Is um, there's been more representation in Media and also in movies, but just recently, um, Tarashi P. Henson, she plays Cookie in Empire. I think I've mentioned the show before. She actually went in front of the Congressional Black Caucus and actually talked about what was going on within the Black community in there basically being a need, like a cry out of being, "We, we need, we need funding. We need recognition about mental health in general yeah it's beautiful
0: I think we should take a step back because I think you know the need is there but maybe we should talk about where that need is coming from
1: Mm. and why
0: there is that need and why in my opinion it's important for everyone like I'm Mm. just gonna like transparently throw that out there I think mental health is one of those core things that's important to every single human being. And there's a lot of stigma that everyone is facing when yeah. being able to accurately take care of their mental health. But I think there's an even stronger need for it amongst people of color and mixed race people in particular. Mm, would you I
1: agree? Disagree? I, I totally would. Actually, um, a mutual friend of ours on Facebook actually posted something that I thought was really relevant. It says, if you work with a black woman, and I feel like you can put any person of color, even gender, if you work with a black woman, it's likely she's censoring herself most of the day. Everything from her hair, attire, tone of voice, hand gestures, accent, etc., is being internally policed. Most of us don't get to be ourselves at work. And I thought, how distressing! Boom, how, say it. How I mean, it's true. Mentally exhausting. And I thought, Demika, that girl, that's you. That's your life. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I am tired. Do you know what I'm saying? I thought, and then, of course, they had people had their comments, and I was wise. I didn't read into it. But you're so like, i look at. I'm growing as a human being. My birthday is coming up. Um, I thought so much of from the word go from a very young age for people of color being in these situations to where we're constantly having to be surrounded by our we have to be very aware of our surroundings and who we're talking to it's not it's so beyond code switching it's everything about our fiber and our being and what makes us that is so mentally exhausting and you know, and depending on how the, the the extreme of how we're adjusting ourselves, it's incredibly taxing.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think it makes me remember some various anti-racism, undoing racism sort of trainings that I've taken, and they've talked about how you know, for people of color, just existing within this society is exhausting. And it's triggering. And, and then, like, moments where you have to – and this I feel like people might get upset for me saying. But just being around white people before they even say anything is, like, triggering and upsetting. Mm. Because it's, like, it's on a subconscious level of these things happen to you. Like, we suffer so many microaggressions in our lives for just being who we are and this constant, like, having to – edit ourselves and, and be aware of that. And just being around people who are different than you causes you to to start feeling those effects, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I was reading this, this s- list of findings, I guess, from um, a researcher, a graduate student that was posted on the American Psychological Association website. Mm. And it was specifically about mixed race people in mental health and it was it was talking about like the amount of microaggressions that we face every day are Mm -hmm. are different and unique and it causes like a lot of confusion about identity and without having a strong sense of identity and specifically racial identity, it impacts our mental health in the long term, just having experienced that in our adolescence. So just the baseline of where, where mixed race people are coming from is already higher, like there's already that need to process so many things that are weighing on our psyche that like, it's really important that we take care of our mental health. (laughs) But I think a lot of us come from cultures or families where one, like seeing a therapist is seen as a white person thing, Uh Um, addressing any sort of like mental health needs is seen as weakness. Uh You and I were talking about this idea of like, you know, within the Black community, there's this idea of pray it away.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I think we were talking about amongst a lot of different races and cultures, their uh, religion seems to be a very key point and something I that's very foundational. Um, I think within, especially in in that, they're like, well, if you have stress, if you're feeling blue, if because they don't want to say the word depressed or you might be having Mm. mental health they don't want to say the word if you're feeling and this is something I've had to overcome I don't even like saying the word depression so they're like if you are not feeling yourself if you're feeling a little bit blue if you've got troubles if you've got stress if you don't feel right you need to get right with God and everything will work out okay now for me who someone is just like yes I am a Christian yes you know that is my foundation I'm very much like I'm not I'm never ashamed of Saying that, and that's how I live my life. But you're missing the whole point. Like, there are doctors. If someone has diabetes, you can't pray the beaties away, guys. That's not how that works. Like, this is this is medicine, this is science. Sometimes there's hereditary, sometimes there is trauma. And with prayer and a counselor, maybe even medication together, and I think within the community, we just we don't want to touch it because you're right. That will be seen as you failed or you didn't really believe or where's your faith. And right. I, we, feel that, yeah. I, think,
0: I think we need a more holistic mm, say view it. of health uh, overall, right? It's mm-hmm. not just, well, first of all, like, we're hardly even treating like our physical health in the correct
1: way. <laughs> Girl.
0: But at least that's normalized, right? That scene is like, yes, of course, you have to take care of your physical body. And that's just one aspect of it. The mental is just as important as, as the physical. And then there's also the spiritual side of that, which also always feels weird for me to say um, as an atheist. But I think it's important and spirituality can manifest itself in different ways. And for me, it's not. I wouldn't say I'm a spiritual person. I would definitely not say I'm a religious person. But there's like, you know, a code of ethics that I live by. And I think that that, that falls into that spirituality, having that that point of view. So I think it's really a trifecta of those things mm-hmm. along with relationships, having strong relationships in your life. Like All of these things are important for health and all of those things should be seen as equally important, but they're not.
1: They really aren't. And I think the fact we talk about, we say, you know, these things are are dirty words within the the community. It's a massive stigma across the board. And I don't, it's one of the things that we have to start disarming the stigma in order to actually get to the place where we can try to help people. And I feel like, yes, it's so great that more people are talking about it. And that's fantastic. They're even saying in one of the psychological reports is that there have been more funding, more people going into training into these cares. And that's fine. But it's still, if you look at the data, it's still predominantly in white areas. Mm. You know, it's actually funny. I um one of the titles speaking of people are not going to be happy that I say this for the show um was like mental health, Uh, a white man's problem. Because if, if you look at it, it's—I mean—it's shocking and it's really disturbing. If you think about mental illness, especially suicide rates, which we need to start being more comfortable about talking about suicide, people—it's—it's it's alarming. It, it's shocking amongst white males. So we're thinking, why are two mixed women talking about it? Is because once again, it's another category where we're underrepresented, and it's killing us. It's incredibly, incredibly dangerous.
0: Absolutely, and and I always... Kind of touching on this, but maybe I should just overtly say it. As people of color, we suffer a lot of racial trauma, and I think we'll we'll keep coming back to this idea of trauma mm-hmm. throughout this episode because I think it's a a big burden on maintaining good mental health. Is mm-hmm. you know, like so many of us have experienced trauma and in different sorts of ways, uh, but something that I think is a pretty pretty normative thing that most people of color have experienced is racial trauma in some sort of way. And the idea is, is it's not just emotional, but it's also physical, these feelings that happen as a result of of just experiencing racism within our society. And it, it becomes this this cycle and it's Mm -hmm. cumulative and it's like every single encounter with racism contributes a little bit more and more to this this chronic stress that you might not even be aware that you're experiencing and so so that's like the sort of thing it's it's the same sort of thing as like getting triggered by seeing a police officer right Mm -hmm. like that's rooted in this racial trauma i feel like and so it might be these personal experiences but also like these depictions within society and just awareness of what's happening around us and i think it, it it manifests itself in all sorts of different ways and we might not even be aware that they're happening so you can't mm. even start to address them girl there are studies that were done that people of color tend to go into fight or flight much quicker and much easier than white people because like we've already built these pathways in our brain and so it's really easy to just fall into it
1: girl it's because we've normalized these traumas i think the reason why we won't point them out is because they've been normalized for example When I go into a store, I try not to put my hands in my purse. I try to make sure I'm in the center aisle at all times. I'm making sure that I say I smile at who's ever guarding whatever security person because I have had times in the past where I've been accused of stealing. That was I know. That's in my young 20s. I get so nervous
0: nervous going into a store if I have a backpack or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what was I thinking? How could I bring a backpack into the store? Like everyone, they're going to think I'm stealing shit.
1: Like, and exactly. that's what goes through my brain every every single time. single time. Do you not understand? Like, me, I go in the store all the time. Like, I cook for my family. It's my local store all the time. And it's there. If I'm in the liquor by myself, I will go until I wait until there's a crowd there. So I don't, I don't feel eyes on me. And it's not dramatic. It is the way of life that is someone's real life experiences. And this is mine on a very small scale out into the country. Let's not get into more urban, heavy populated areas area. That is just a small example of something to me, I would never think is racial trauma, but I have normalized it to be like, that's just my life. And that's the quote of our friend of talking about going into work and normalizing it. I've had people make comments of my hair. So when I go to movie theaters, I'm very paranoid because I've had someone say, your hair is too big. Can you put that kind of hair away when you go see movies <gasps> What <the> yeah fuck? <laughs> exactly as a young child i had my hair i have really big curly hair i had all my hair out and someone's like you need to move that hair that kind of hair should be put back that's rude that you didn't think about it because it was a packed theater and so now i'm always very cautious aware of like is my hair gonna be like this is a serious thing i think i was gosh maybe late teens when this happened but it's, it's these little tiny things that keep adding up and it affects before I even walk out the door, I have to think about where am I going, who's going to be there, what time of day it is, what do I have to bring with me, am I going right. to feel safe? All the time. That is stressful. It wears on people, but we have normalized it, so we don't know how to call it out. Right. And we don't talk about it is the thing. And and like
0: whenever somebody like mentions a thing like that out loud, I always just want to just, you know, snap and hug them and just be like, yes, yes. yes, (laughs) No one has ever said this out loud, but it's true. It's a thing. And now I
1: feel less like a freak for these things. It happens all the time. But but why don't we? Why don't we talk about this out in public? I think we're afraid of what our reaction going to be. Like, I I know personally when I tell people I love this one. Oh no, really? Seriously, that's my favorite. Oh no, really? Yes, really? No, I'm making it up. I actually really enjoy being in constant fear. Or if I get a little upset with people, if I try to be very like firm with people, I am going to be perceived as an angry black woman. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly having to. Censor myself all right. the time. It's terrifying and it's stressful. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it is stressful. And I think, you know, we all have our own ways of dealing with these stresses. And for me, for so long, my personal method of dealing mm-hmm. with the stresses has been avoidance, right? Like, I mm. just try not to think about it. I try to block it out. I try to feel no emotions about it. It's just a thing. That's the way the world is. I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to dissociate myself from it. Like, it's not, it's it's a dream. It doesn't feel real, which is not a healthy way to deal no. with anything. But, like, I think that's that's the way a lot of people live their lives, and mm-hmm. which is why I'm so happy that there is more and more open conversation about the importance of mental health and dealing with these sorts of things in a, in a healthy, real way.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I, you're completely right, because I think the more we start breaking down these stigmas and we start taking things like mental illness, mental health, seeking help, counseling, even medication, start taking those things off the white list and realizing it's a human being thing, I'm really looking forward to that because I think the more we do that, we're actually going to see some progress. Girl, girl, in our research, did you know that there is a Minority Mental Health Awareness Month?
0: No, but I'm also
1: not surprised. There's so many months. <laughs> there's, there's so, so many, many months, months, but there's only 12. So, Girl, I'm... we're double dipping. Well, it's, it's supposed to be in July, so we might need to do <gasps> something for that. Perfect. Uh-huh. We're right at the beginning of the month. Yeah, we might have to do something for that. But when I read that, I'm just like, but but this is yes. This this right here is yes. Like, people of color, you're, you're not broken. You're not weak. You're human. And I'm so looking forward to more people sharing their stories in our society and breaking that down. Why, why else do you think people, as far as race and culture, why else do you think people are very either embarrassed to talk about it or why we don't really take it seriously when someone actually does share
0: Mm, I don't know. I think we've touched on this in lots of different ways in episodes, but I think there's a serious lack of being comfortable with vulnerability. And I know it's mm. something that I struggle with myself pretty intensely because <laughs> um, it's uncomfortable to be vulnerable with other people. And so what is more vulnerable than your own thoughts and feelings Mm. and what's going on inside of your head like it's very easy to lock those things up and not share them with other people Uh, so I think within our society as there tends to be more of a disconnect in interpersonal relationships it's harder Mm. to share those things and so then if no one else around you is sharing those things it's hard for you to share those things and so on so if you're not sharing them, how can you actually be like mentally healthy?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Does that make sense?
1: It really does. I, I know we touched on this before and it, even just recently I'm talking about um, like religion or people's faith playing mm. a role within their race. What does it look like? You actually were talking about before like family being a big role in not dealing with or dealing with our own mental health as well.
0: Yeah, it, and I think it's it's cultural, but it's also like like family. I think within the Latinx community, there tends to be kind of a a looking down on on seeking help for for dealing with your mental health. and like seeing a therapist, one is seen as a white thing. Um mm-hmm. two, it's like, why are you sharing all your business with a stranger? Mm. Uh, three, there must be something seriously wrong with you if you're if you're seeking help. So it's, you know, it's so it's seen as it's like a weakness. um and it's like, well, if you can't take that to your family, why are you sharing it with a stranger? Mm, I think' is girl. Part of it
1: as well. I agree as far as like if you can't handle it within our own community, I think because we have to deal with a lot of um, microaggressions daily. And like I said, this is just on a small scale, much less people who are dealing with full on daily um, racial backlash that we already have right. to be. Or we
0: we haven't even talked about like uh, mental illness. Like we're oh, just talking girl. generally. This is without yeah. like those added added things on top.
1: Mm hmm. Completely. Because that in itself is that there's so much shame, I think, in that within people of color, because with both of those mental health and mental illness is that within our own communities, we have to be strong mm-hmm. because there's already so much right. garbage we have to deal with. So now you're going to say, OK, we need to go out into the world and and be strong and, and represent and do the work and work. Twice, three, four times harder than most people just to make it into the world. But now you're gonna say that you are depressed. You are, you have anxiety. You know what I mean? You are feeling overwhelmed. Like it's like we don't get to feel that way. Do you know? <laughs> you you, you right. don't get to feel. Don't you know? Like for me, it's like don't you know that you are a mixed woman of color? You don't get to be anxious because we we have we have shit to do. You right. have to go on with your life. You don't get to be that way. Well, you know even what more I mean? so
0: is, is just the language in general. You mentioned earlier not being comfortable even saying the word depression as a thing. Yeah. And I think that that's real. And I think... Anxiety is like the flip side of that. People use the word anxiety all the time and anxious Ooh, all the time, and they don't mean it in the actual clinical sense of what it is.
1: Mm, it's like salt. Everyone's putting oh, on everything, girl. Exactly,
0: and it's like it, which is. Fine, like it's nice that it, it's not fine. I don't know why I said that.
1: It's not. <laughs> Girl, I was like, what? No, 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 no. Tell us how you really feel, because yeah, I. It's, it's like it's like when AD when ADD came out and everyone yes, had or, it, and or to, obsessive
0: yes. compulsive, right? Like oh. the way that you're using those words is not the way that they mean. So you're kind of taking away the power of the word. So mm-hmm. if somebody is suffering from anxiety. Like other people are like, oh, yeah, I feel anxious all the time. And it's like, oh really? Mm. do you have like attacks where you feel like you can't breathe and your heart is beating so fast you think you're dying and like you're like one step away from calling an ambulance? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you don't know what that feels like. Oh, I guess you don't you don't really understand what an anxiety attack is like. So Girl. you feeling a little nervous about something is not the same as anxiety.
1: Or feeling, oh, like, mm, you know, I'm going to leave it there because you said it perfectly. Yes, say it loud for the people in the back to hear. I'm not, like, I'm not downgrading anyone's feelings, but there is an over a saturation of awareness. And I think, but that's why people think it's like on the whitelist things, because it's there's an overexposure. So when people do come out with it, it's like it's very, very well downplayed. I know when I mean, I've struggled most of my life with self harm, by the time I was actually in a point where I'm like, okay, this is getting out of hand, I need help, they're like, oh yeah, you know, like my friends and I, you know, when we're, we're going through our oh, the word, a goth phase. And we would do that. I'm sorry. Um, would you wear long sleeves in New Mexico summer and heat because you were so embarrassed and you couldn't stop. And that was the only way you were going to get through your day to be able to cope with everything in the world. Oh, You know, it's just a But I'm like doing it well into your, you know, your young adult into adult life. No, I don't want to hear it. It's one of those things where it's where that weird phase of where we're getting oversaturation on some things because we're not defining it, because we're not talking about it Mm. until it's full completion. So we have that. It's like we talk about that mid-wokeness dangerous area before. exactly. It's that. We're getting enough information to where we can start kind of sort of using the language, but actually not realizing on the other scale that there are some really – you know, use the language correctly, actually understand what the definition is. And that some of these things are actually some really deep seated rooted issues. So we have this whole arc that's going on here and people are getting lost in the middle of that arc. And I think a lot of people of color tend to do that. We get misdiagnosed or, Mm -hmm. you know, or undiagnosed because we're not really listened to because we don't fit into this world, you know?
0: But. Yeah. Not only because of the o- oversaturation of the uses of the words and like this mid when it comes to mental health, but I think this is me making assumptions just to okay. just to be clear. It's not okay. like, based on anything, but it's just Well, you're just talking opinion. to me anyway. So. Yeah, it's just my opinion. <laughs> it's just you and me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All these people are like, Danny, no, you're wrong. but But I feel like... As a person of color, we are aware of a lot of a lot of shit that happens Uh. because we have been exposed to it from a young, young age. And so we feel like we have to downplay our own experiences like they aren't that big of a deal. Look in yeah. the grand scheme of things, like, this shit that has happened to me is not a big deal. Like, this trauma that I carry with me is not that yeah. big of a deal. Or, like, you know, these struggles that I have with self-harm or depression or anxiety or, you know, any of these things. It's not that big of a deal. Like, oh. I have not been shot by the police. Like, I'm really, like, I don't have anything to complain about.
1: Mm. I you know what, I wouldn't even call that an assumption. I think it is just an I think it's just like something you observe because I do think I mean and I hope other people can add on to this as well. That is valid because you're just like, yeah, I'm anxious, but you know, it's not the trail of tears. Like Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think you I think you make a really valid point and I really hope other people expound on that. I don't want to piggyback on on your assumption and or viewpoint but i actually i really see and i've never thought about it that way but in my mind i'm like oh yeah i'm like well yeah i get followed in the store but i can vote so right. we're exactly. being thankful we're being thankful right. maybe that's what it is we're, we're just we're being like thankful. given just a little bit
0: of something <laughs> and so we're, ge- we're we're thankful for it
1: and i, and I think
0: <laughs> and i think i want to draw this line back to um once again trauma talking about uh like, intergenerational trauma, which is a, oh. a thing that I have only recently started to become really aware of.
1: Oh, um, girl, it's a thing.
0: It's a thing. And it's, like, an actual, an actual thing, not just because of, you know, behaviors that are passed on or abuse is a big thing that's, like, intergenerational that's passed through families until somebody breaks a cycle, right? But it's also, like, biological, which I didn't Uh realize. Um, I was reading about a a study that was published in October of last year. So it's relatively new um, science, but it's like a big thing based in like years and years of research. Mm. But it was talking about how physically the DNA that you have is different it's changed through trauma so so a study that was done in the 80s with with rats there were like rat pups that were taken away from their mothers for like minutes in their like neonatal stage like they're very very tiny and so it causes stress with the mother rats obviously and so it leads to different behavior when the the rats are returned and it was found that like this excessive like grooming and anxiety behavior that was manifested in the mothers um, and done to the children actually changed the way that like DNA was replicating itself in the hippocampus um, and their brains. And so it not only affected like that behavior, not only affected like the way that the rats would behave when they grew up, it biologically changed their DNA that they had and that they passed on to further generations that didn't even experience it. So like, that's just an example of how behavior can change and affect generations that are removed from that behavior and oh. so that's just one tiny example of that now like apply something like fucking slavery to that <laughs> like i i don't even know how people function <laughs> in this society like it's 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 so deeply deeply ingrained and not only in behaviors different society different communities but also like biologically within us and, and there was another study in included in this paper that was about um the effects of the holocaust uh so oh. it's not like just tied to race right it's like uh-huh. genocide affects the, the fuck, fucking DNA of people and and how they interact and so like Children of survivors of the Holocaust have like higher stress levels because of biological changes that have happened within people surviving such atrocities.
1: Mm, Girl, that is a juicy nugget. Seriously, I must read that. That sounds absolutely amazing. But there's so much truth to that, though. I mean, how many animals do we know that we're just like, you can't stress out like farmers, you can't stress out sheeps and cows, they may literally keel over and die. And that will affect the raising of their their calf or their ewe. Mm-hmm. Like, why would we not think the same for human beings? That is flipping mind blowing, right? Uh, it, it's just one of those things of why we need to stop downgrading these things that happen. Because if I hear one more time, These things were in the past. This research just shows we're still paying for it. And girl, I, with that being said, can you imagine what the next couple of generations are going to look like? Deal with all of the massive amounts of mass shootings and oppressive things that were going on in our state right now. Do you you know what I'm saying? Can you imagine Right. And it's not and it's not
0: just these giant events either. Like I feel no. like there have been numerous studies talking about how we just all function at higher stress levels than ever before. Mm-hmm. So like we're already like manifesting fucking stressed out human beings for future generations. Exactly.
1: Well, it's like to if we tie it back to what we're talking about with uh, Taraji P. Henson talking about trauma specifically within the African-American community and how we're not really addressing that and this leading to things like depression and a higher suicide rate. Um, So it's one of those things of, okay, so let's say that we get people of color to start talking about their feelings. And let's say hypothetically, we start getting their own community and their family and their cultures on board, both uh, even say spiritually, they're saying, let's get on board. Let's do this. And also just uh, like, uh, medically as well. Like, okay, let's actually go ahead and get this. So let's say all the, all these things happen. We say, what's, what's next because we're trying to push towards in this black caucus meeting towards more funding and uh, more recognition and a bigger push towards psychologists in this. Do Mm. you think like, what do you think this is the fix? Do you think getting people to see therapists and counselors is the fix? Well, one, I think everybody
0: should see a therapist. like I know it, I. Yes. Know it's, I know it's a whitelist thing, but fuck that noise. I think everybody should be talking to a therapist. Uh, oh. <laughs> so that, that's one thought that I have. but I, I think I think it can't be just any therapist. Right, that's oh. like you can't just be like, okay, I'm gonna go see the first therapist in the book, um, and because I'm like 80 years old, evidently, and looking for therapists
1: in the <laughs> yellow pages. Um, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna let it slide because I didn't want, I didn't want to derail. But I'm, gl- I'm glad I didn't want to derail. I was like, dang, that thing must be dusty. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't even know where you would get the yellow pages now. Um, um find a lopsided table. It is underneath <laughs> that left leg holding that thing up. But you, that's what we, was talking, we were talking about beforehand with this particular interview into the Black Caucus is that she's talking about psychologists that have cultural competence.
0: Yes. Tell me what cultural competency is.
1: <laughs> this one, I love it. It's one of the things you can't literally put on it. It's literally having someone who is aware of the complexities of what your culture would play in your day to day. So, for example, if you and this is the like I said you want to talk about, this is going to be a very unpopular episode, Danny. Are you ready for this?
0: Yeah, I, we, this is the episode where we find
1: out what the racial demographic of our
0: <laughs> audience is.
1: <laughs> this is when we get that letter from iTunes being like, "Ooh, so <laughs> we um if I if I'm a black man, and I am talking to my problems to a white male therapist, even in my examples, there, male. oh, this world anyway. And you explain about your day to day and the trials you're going to, we're going to say that this therapist, psychologist, they may still not understand and be able to give the best um, direction um advice um exercises homework in order to really guide and help this person because they're not fully understanding the complexities of what his race and his culture is playing into his day-to-day life because no matter how much schooling and training you may have there's still actually living that person's experience that you might not understand.
0: Absolutely. I 100% feel like that is a real thing. Like that is Mm. absolutely a real thing. I have such strong feelings about this. I'm going to be totally transparent and say Mm. I see a therapist and I went out of my way to find a woman therapist with a Latina background. Like it was very important to me that at very least I see a woman of color therapist um, and ideally somebody with a closer background to mine or as close as, you know, you can get. And it's hard because it's such a mm-hmm. white male dominated field.
1: Girl. But
0: like one, yes. one, I feel like how could I ever talk to a white man? About my experiences and for them to fully understand it without, you know, like I I have, as we know, I'm married to a white man. I have a best friend who's a white man and I feel like they understand me. But I mean, like, that's from years of them. (laughs) having having context in which to understand me and and I am not fucking paying somebody so that I can educate them and give them the context so that they can understand me and turn around and help me right like I I need to see somebody who already has that understanding and sure there might be you know white male therapists out there who have that understanding but totally But one, how do you find them? And two, that doesn't change the fact that I'm sorry, but just by being there, your white male body is going to trigger me in different ways than a woman of color. Like, won't. she'll put me at ease. It's the same reason why, like, I want to see women of color like doctors. Like, Uh I just I don't want to have to deal with another layer of shit when I'm already dealing with shit.
1: Hmm. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't make, I mean, it doesn't shock that you had to really scour. They're saying in um, the APA.org that, I mean, over 80% in this field is going to be white. And that's not, let's not even throw in gender in the mix whatsoever. Um, It's one of those things where I so desperately don't want to, agree with this but i see it and i can't deny it because i'm even thinking in myself of just being like do you know how many conversations and how long of a relationship you would have to be in therapy with someone who wasn't the same race with you in order to give them that context and all that backstory it's like going to lunch with your best friend and you guys just jump in you don't have to explain about a person You, you probably know most mutual people you just dive in um, but someone you just met, you might have say, "Oh yeah, so and so posted a a funny meme." And they're like, "Oh, okay, you don't understand because this person so-and-so? is yeah. so oh so and so, and they actually did so and so." Well, you know, okay, you don't know. It's the same thing when my husband, who's in the military, he talks about his job because I grew up in a military family. He doesn't have to explain the acronyms and and what mm. this means and what this rank means. He just talks. He just goes. There's a whole year's worth of stuff we've just knocked out because. He doesn't have to worry about that with me. And it's the same thing. And why in the world, when you're already in a very vulnerable, uh, probably nervous state, are you going to have to try to sit there and backlog everything that you're going through? And I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. It's too many parentheticals.
0: Like you don't want your whole conversation to be parentheticals where you have to explain the situation that goes into everything. It's that and it's also just like comfort. I don't know. There's just so many reasons I think cultural competence Mm -hmm. is important. And even if you understand in a textbook way the effects that, you know, this racist, sexist society has on people, unless you've lived it, you don't really understand. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just Mm -hmm. the truth. Like, unless you've lived it, you can never truly completely understand it.
1: Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you might not be able to understand it. I think there's just like a level of compassion, which mm. I still think you want from a counselor. I know you're there for them to be objective. I get that. And they need to be that kind of, they need to be that stability because you might not feel it yourself. I get that. But I still feel the reason why we're not all doing everything online, which I know a lot, a lot of stuff is going online where you're not just click, click, clapping away on a keyboard to somebody. Um, why we're still doing it in person is because we need to feel like someone has empathy, understanding, mm-hmm. and compassion for us. There's just something about being in a room. It's a very intimate setting. And I think that's what this has to deal with. I was going to ask this question and it's very tricky of like, okay, should a, person of color, see a white therapist. And the thing is, we have our own feelings and opinions, and we just stated, but I think it has to all deal with your comfort level. If you feel like you can reach a level of intimacy, because this is a very intimate thing Mm -hmm. that you're entering into when you go see therapy, if you feel like you can achieve a place of transparency, of honesty and growth with someone that you can have that kind of intimacy with, then, then go for it. I would never want to discourage anyone who wants to get counseling, but like, like, you know, like yourself, you know, you're lucky that we live in a somewhat diverse area or you know, do, but I can't imagine for people who just don't never be discouraged. And you also have the freedom to switch around and look around, you know? Um, yeah. Do, yeah. Do not go because you can't find someone that you can relate to. But if you can, I, I would say try,
0: yeah, I, I, I mean, I probably should have prefaced with the fact that, like, I'm very much speaking from my own personal experience, and I can't imagine going to see a white male therapist, but that doesn't mean I would look down on anybody who is oh, yeah. similar to me for seeing a white. Like, I think it's something you need to just examine within yourself and decide, like, mm-hmm. what's important for you and what your needs are. And for me, it was something that was just very important for me from the get-go. And, like, I I knew it going in. But that doesn't mean my journey is necessarily somebody else's journey.
1: Oh, totally. And I just think at the end, I really hope that people just get encouraged. If you're on the fence or if you're scared to go, like, go. Oh, shit. Just, it's, like, it's not yeah.
0: easy. It's not yeah. easy. And I'm going <laughs> to, like, mm-hmm. say that. It took me way, way, way too long uh, to start going because so much stigma about it um mm-hmm. so much fear about it and you know like i have said multiple times on this podcast and and i don't know how much it actually comes out in the podcast is that i'm a very guarded person generally and so it's very difficult for me and i think <laughs> with therapy and with doing this podcast all these things of like I'm getting so much practice expressing my feelings in a way that like first 30 some years of my life
1: I did not so. girl I don't even charge you for this like <laughs>
0: day. But I, mean, I but I think you know like I see a lot of value in in actual therapy and I I'm gonna mm-hmm reiterate that i think it's it's very very important but i think you know there's other therapeutic practices in your life and other yeah. ways to care for your mental health and i definitely mm-hmm. count doing the podcast
1: <laughs> is one
0: of the things for me personally
1: it's so true so how would you how would you say cuz I, like i said i think we both in so many ways this is something like with with mental health that we have both just battled and we continue to try to strive in to progress and grow in, how would you say we can support, um, especially a person of color, but anybody really, dealing with any kind of, uh, you know, either mental stress, mental well-being, how can you encourage them in that way?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is always my answer, but just transparency, I think the more we can normalize the need for caring for our mental health the better so it's something people don't talk about but i think if if you have it within you to be able to talk about it a little bit i think it makes other people feel more at ease and less alone because i think that's like that's a common thing with mental health issues or mental illness is is you feel abnormal and you feel mm-hmm. alone so the more that we can kind of shine a light on it and make people feel less abnormal and alone the better and mm-hmm. i think that's important for anybody but i think it's also important for people of color too because like we said earlier it's seen as is a white thing so you know if you can do it or if you can just a little bit do it i think that's helpful for one i also think we we like to post about a lot on Instagram about self care. Mm-hmm. And I think self care is is a big component of this.
1: It is. I think, like I said, as as a mom, it was like a four letter word to me because I'm like, I don't have any self left. Like I don't have like everything goes to my family, everything goes to my kid. Um, but what I have been learning and this podcast has been incredibly helpful in that is like I have 10-15 minutes to paint my toes. Why? Because I'm a human being who needs some maintenance. You know, like or that that book. Like my child's not gonna go hungry if I buy that book and I take 10 minutes to read it. Or if I read something um that's gonna really challenge me. Because I love that. I, I think that's why we post so much of it. It's not just a buzzword and if it is, it should be here to stay. We're trying to encourage people to take these little moments to breathe, to reevaluate, and and take care of yourself. We we talked about um, off-air, especially in America. When athletes go and get completely and utterly revamped by, by doctors when they go to cryo freezers and they have the special tape all over their bodies and they have these perfectly designed diets for themselves or actors are like yeah I, I you know I had to have my my meals pre-portioned for myself preparing we never bat an eye at that but we still have a stigma and a little bit of shame if we say you know what go read in a book in the bathtub and have some self-care you know, go out and buy yourself a sandwich and eat it alone and read a book or meet up with someone who gives you life. You know what I'm saying? It's just all these little tiny things that actually I think will add up into having a massive impact mm. on your mental health. With that being the goal, not just being, oh, I'm having a good day. I'm like, no, no. How is this improving my mental clarity?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, we talked a lot about talk therapy, and that's definitely one aspect, but like you said, it it's self-care doesn't have to be just that, Like you can care for your mental health with more things than just talk therapy. Like there's different things, right? Massages are great, right? For the physical and for the mental. Or I feel like we can't give a definitive list, but you know mm-hmm. what it is. Like if, if you, you do. take the time within yourself, you know what it is that you need to take care of yourself. And so it doesn't matter how much you're taking care of everybody else. It doesn't matter how much they love you and are caring for you if you can't start by taking care of yourself none of the rest of that matters mm-hmm. like you're you're Say not it. going to be able to give when your cup is empty and it doesn't matter how much other people are lifting you up if if you're you know buried underground so you need you need <laughs> all of it you need all of it and the only thing we have control over in this world is ourselves <laughs> so mm. so that's where we have to start and I don't know, what what are your favorite things to do for self-care, Mika?
1: I'm still getting better at it. But for me, I think it is like really just kind of like um, I have been trying to like in, in my time is like, like read my Bible, which is really like important, but I know I don't do it nearly enough and not going out of like obligation, but like this is actually quite filling and this really gives me peace because mm. I really struggle with like my mind's always racing. I'm always mm. doing at least two and three different projects Shit. like at, Yeah. Girl, like my mind is like one of those little cheeky viewmasters. At night, I close my eyes and it's just like click, click, next slide, click, click, next slide of all the things or that I didn't do or should have done, or you know, I'm a shit mom. Like, yes, oh, like literally, yes. I'm like, oh, I said that like m- the morning. I'm like, did was I weird with the coffee person that happened twelve hours ago? Uh, it's it, it's so real, isn't it? But I think just having like like you know, God gives me peace and um lately it's been reading comic books Mm -hmm. it's like i know i've been it's seriously it's just it's one of those things it's luxurious it's an escape it calms my brain and i really i feel energized and now that my um my leg has been healing up like walking in the woods i know that sounds Mm -hmm. cliche but this mixed girl loves the the nature it doesn't fucking matter if it's cliche like do what you gotta do trees are magical they are they, they i love they're my friends no but seriously like i love it and i think this podcast has helped me just be like yep i love freaking walking in the woods i love it i love the way the sun dances through the trees and i don't care who knows <laughs> like i don't know what are what are your some self-care go-to's
0: i mean i think my biggest go-to is a hot bath which i've talked about as a happy
1: place mm-hmm. um. i do i do think about <laughs> you which is very weird i <laughs> thinks of me while bathing. it's not weird at all. And listen, yeah, and ghost stories. And I'm just like, I'm like, it's weird, but I'm not bad about it. I
0: like <laughs> it. like and I, and I think it's like this impulse within me, which is also like a physical impulse of I feel safe in like confined. Dark places. <laughs> so, like mm. having having that safety within myself, and 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 I like being warm, and I like water. So, so a hot bath is. Danny, kinda, you're just
1: trying to get back into the womb.
0: I am. Perhaps <laughs> that's what it is. I just I just need to crawl back into the womb.
1: <laughs> I love it. I think that's so that's so good. I love that. I do. I seriously, I really. Do. I'm like Danny would be so proud if I was taking a warm bath.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's that's like my my go to. Uh, I try, I try to visit. Here's where I'm gonna get like kind of mumbo y My therapist <laughs> recommended like completing seven rituals a day, and it sounds like mm. a lot more like witchy than it perhaps is. But but the the seven rituals are. Let's see if I can remember them off the top of my head. Are meditation, this, oh, okay, reflection, exercise. Okay uh time outside like time in nature time time inside which was reflection um oh time connecting Oh, mm. fun
1: oh you have to put that okay cool yeah, yeah. i respect
0: that yeah well that's it was laughter but i changed it to fun because i'm not gonna fucking laugh every day <laughs> there is one more. But anyways, it's so it's these ideas of like these these are like basic things that you need. And in an ideal world, you're hitting all of these things every single day. Uh, I definitely have only once ever <laughs> hit all seven in one day. I was about to ask you. I was like, Yeah, Girl, but how? but the objective isn't necessarily to get all of them, but it's like this idea mm. that if you're you're rooting yourself in some sort of like daily practice of, of being, you know, mindful and taking care of yourself that, that you'll feel better. So that oh. those are things I, I tried to do, but perhaps not that, that hard. I feel like you just have to be in tune with, with your, your mind and your body and realize what you need, which is incredibly difficult, but something it that is. I'm, I'm, I'm working towards in my
1: life. But that's the thing. You're working towards it and I think um maybe before we get mad at the internet is that <laughs> I would I would just say like if you maybe you're saying hey I don't relate to this whatsoever. I don't really get, you know, anxious depressed. I don't have any history of mental illness, you know, anything anything of that nature, but I my spouse does or my best friend does or my coworker does. Um if if you are aware, I would just ask that you know you support them. I don't know if they're the kind of person who wants to talk about it, but you know, I've had other friends that go to therapy and if they're comfortable, I'm like, Hey, how is it going? You don't have to tell me details. Are you going? And I'd let them know I'm proud of them and continue. Or even with like your seven things, like, you know, if we were closer, I would tell them like, you know, how's it going? Or is there one that you're really struggling with to, to accomplish each day? Like I'm, I'm with you. Cause I do part of that holistic healing process is also being part of a community Mm, and it's like yeah I think it's like shouldering each other's burdens not full-on because you know that that's impossible and that's not healthy but when you care about someone and you're in that community then like your mental health is just as important to me Mm -hmm. as it should be to you and I think I think people of color I think we we could be better about this I've seen examples where we are, but I think we really could. I think especially women of just really encouraging and be like, you know what? Yeah, you take that thirty minutes when you have that time. I've seen women like, hey, you know what? You got you got all these kids here. Let me take that. You go for a walk, or hey, you know, go. Here's a gift card. Go take yourself for a cup of coffee. Here, here's some bath salts. Take a nice warm bath. Like encourage each other, you know, yeah. in that time.
0: Absolutely. And I think what you're saying about community is, is incredibly okay. important. And to go back to mixed race and biracial people, I think it's really important to have you you have your network and you have your community. I think it's also important that part of that community be other mixed race people. Not not yeah. to say that, you know, you can't get what you need from from people who are a different race or um, are just one race. But I think there's something Going back to that cultural competency, there's understanding that people will have um, without having to explain it. And so that's why I was saying that doing this podcast is therapeutic for me in that way, because, you know, it's it's a time once a week that Tamika and I can sit down and just talk about <laughs> like what it is to live our <laughs> lives as us, you know, with somebody else who understands it without us having to explain it. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's that's worth its nice. weight and goal. And I
0: feel like that was, I, I mean, we we joke about Sailor Moon bringing us together in high school, but I think that that was also part of what brought us together in high school, being mm-hmm. in, like, a predominantly white theater department. Oh, girl. It was just, like, nice to have somebody else who who kind of understood where we were coming from.
1: Mm-hmm. I um, I love that. This, I'm loving this. More of this, more self-care. It's not a dirty word. I'm for it. Everyone should see a therapist. Look Everyone see a
0: therapist, but for now, let's get mad at the internet.
1: Yeah, let's have our own little, own little therapy. I am... Um, this is awful we should enjoy getting mad um you you at the last minute you put this juicy morsel for us to get <laughs> so <laughs> i'm like do not rush the topic just to get to this and um yeah i'm so you you will you please introduce this yes okay
0: so uh the best part about this well all of it is so juicy I did not hear about this through the internet. <laughs> but yes. In fact, I walked into work earlier this week, and a coworker was like, "Danny, I have something for you to get mad about."
1: <laughs> not yes.
0: In not in reference to the segment, <laughs> just for knowing how I live my life.
1: <laughs> so see, this is art imitating life. <laughs> exactly. I am actually. I am. So excited for this. I sh- really should. Yeah. I'm a terrible human being. I shouldn't be so excited. Let's do this.
0: All right. So I guess
1: mm. our homegirl,
0: Kim Kardashian.
1: Ooh. Oh, she's definitely my home girl.
0: Definitely homegirl to all. Is starting a, a clothing line, specifically a shapewear line.
1: My favorite
0: wear. All all of our favorite wear. Sidebar. I don't own any shapewear, but I feel like I should. And it would just like make me feel better in tight fitting clothing. And
1: sidebar. (laughs) Oh, girl. Dang it. You can't end sidebar about shapewear. (laughs) Okay. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. later.
0: So she's starting a clothing line and she has decided to call this shapewear clothing line kimono.
1: Mm. spell it for the people K I M O N O Kim O Kim No <laughs>
0: Yeah Kim <Kim-o-no>. Oh <Kim-o-no>. no Kim Oh no No
1: Oh anyway It's um but so say okay, I'm gonna ask you it's like a little interview. So what were your initial feelings of hearing about this this clothing line, Danny? Uh, my
0: first thought was like, well, like I'm not surprised. That's fine. Whatever. Like I, there are more offensive things to call call a clothing line. I like I felt just so so just you know resigned to this is the world we live in and it's fine. The etymology of the word kimono is literally thing you wear. (sighs) I don't know why I thought that like she knows like the whole etymology of the word kimono when it's like now it clearly means like a very specific style of Japanese clothing that's old and only worn for uh, by most people for very special occasions. I wasn't thinking any of that. I was just like, well, I guess it literally means thing you wear. Cool. And I see she's trying to do a play on words The more I thought about it The more angry I got uh, when I So realized, when would you think
1: when, So when did you think your feelings turned? Well
0: <laughs> Here's the thing Is I found out she's also Has several trademarks Pending on the mm. word Kimono You know, A word that she has deep Cultural ties to so I can Completely understand Yeah
1: obviously own the word say it ding 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 we found the part that we're mad at
0: yeah i'm just so fucking tired like one does she Uh, have any ties to japan i don't think so like does she speak japanese no like does she have any family roots there no has she even worn a kimono probably not and if she did i'm uh, sure she didn't wear it
1: correctly i'm sure kanye has worn a kimono.
0: Oh yeah, I guess he has, mm. but
1: <laughs> But it's not called uh, Kanye's.
0: <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but he, he did draw her logo for her, which is just like bubble letters of the word kimono, um, which is no. attempting to be trademarked. Yes, yes. Uh. So yeah, it's it's disgusting and the internet we aren't mad at the internet we're mad with the internet because everyone is like fuck Ooh, that noise this this shape met? where like it hasn't even launched yet <laughs> but everyone mm. is
1: pissed girl this has to be a play do you think this is just to get publicity like they're literally just kicking a hornet's nest oh they i feel to. like it must be right there's just no way. Like like I said, there's no one in advertisement when she's there and she's like, please, I want to check. And how's my new shapewear line doing? And they're sitting there with a big long black table with coffee cups. I have no coffee in them. And they're sitting there and she's looking at her name with Kim K's kimono KKK. That's OK. Check. And then let's go ahead and trademark that name. Check. Wait, no, Can you, no can you back up it? to the KKK? <laughs> KKK? Pukashi's oh, yeah. Kimono. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. That, oh, that's been bothering me since the start. But I'm all, I'm all, you know what? I'm not even mad about the subliminal racism of it all, and some of the <laughs> out outward <laughs> racism of it all. It's like you literally don't get to own everything. Maybe that's what it is that makes me so so mad. I'm like, you have so much. Like she is a businesswoman. I'm actually not mad about that for her getting hers. I'm all for female hustlers. She literally made is a life she a out of. a hustler yeah.
0: though? Like she was fucking was she, like she had this money. Like it's not like she yeah. built this from the ground up. Like, Here's the yeah, thing. She give had a any lot of, of us a lot of money and we can do shit. I wouldn't call us hustlers if, if like <laughs> you're not you're not working for it. Hustling implies some sort of work.
1: I guess by my term for her, hustlers is that it was the Kardashian the, the Kardashian family, and mm. now it's Kim's family, the Kardashians. Mm. Like you hustled your way into making you're the face of that family. And I know there's spinoffs and, and models and, you know, everyone has their own thing, but for the most part around the world, this woman is idolized. She is, do do you know what I'm saying? She's a standard of beauty. She's a trendsetter for everything that she is, whether I agree with or not agree with this woman has power for being the, the daughter of um, a lawyer. And so what did her mom do? Was she a model? Is that her thing? I, am, can tell how I, am.
0: I know nothing about the Kardashians, just that they make me angry.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing. Coming from that, but yes, very well off and well known. But basically, like, she has no skill set outside of Snapchat and still made this huge empire. Like, I don't know what that says about our society, but I'm not, that's what I mean by a hustler. But this has to be just starting stuff. They have to have another name for this already picked out. And they're literally just trying to piss people off.
0: Right. They're just, like, getting the publicity. I mean, if we're talking Illuminati shit, like KKK, Kim Kardashian, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kimono. Um, I mean, it can't be an accident that it's Kim Oh No,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I don't really mean to use this name. I'm just getting you to buy my product. God... So mad! I'm so mad because she's gonna make so much money off of this, no matter what it's called. Oh, it could be called no what. hot she, dog water can, shapewear. And she can fucking keep the name.
0: She can change the name. Like it's all, it's all fine.
1: It but doesn't matter. It's more money it's, in in, it's, in her pocket. It's so disgusting.
0: I can't, I can't <laughs> handle it.
1: Oh, thank you. But we have to thank her because. Off, like beforehand, this this brought us so much joy and laughter that I definitely I will feel it keeping me warm all the day long. So thank you, KK. Right.
0: I K. mean, sometimes it's just <laughs> racism and cultural appropriation are such big, broad things mm-hmm. happening. It's nice sometimes to have that fucking focal point of being like, no, yeah, this is what's wrong with the world.
1: Yeah, well, it's so nice when it does it for you. Like, you don't have to go searching for any examples. It's just, bam, in this little, cute little package. Like, yep, bam, there it is. Look, we didn't have to look that far or have to work too hard for it, so.
0: Well, Kim, Ugh. changed the fucking name. Still make a million dollars. Millions
1: of dollars. Millions. And I'm going to be so <sighs> mad at that shape where is actually good quality stuff because my, my moral compass won't allow me to buy it.
0: Ugh. Yeah. Well morals. Morals.
1: (laughs) Should we go to our should we go to our happy place? I think we
0: need to go to our happy place.
1: (laughs) Because we went from mad to sad for some strange reason. Friggin' Kim. (laughs) Uh,
0: There are just too many feelings in this episode. So let's keep those feelings coming. Yeah. Some happy feelings.
1: (laughs) Yes. Damika, tell me about your happy place. Um, my happy place is something that's actually a little out of character, but nonetheless is still making me quite happy. It is the Women's World Cup. Awesome. Have you been watching? I have. Well, cause it's, I mean, it's, I'm in England. It's massive here. It's really, really big. And it's been so cool to like watch it with my daughter. It's cool being overseas with my daughter watching the Women's World Cup. It is just, I can't, I know it sounds like super hardcore, crazy feminine. It's just a really cool moment. I just can't explain it. It's just these amazing athletes and there's so much, you know, pride. And it's, it's normally all the things that don't, don't bring me joy, but I don't know. I'm just so, I'm just really enjoying it this time around. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm surrounded by it, but I really really enjoying
0: it. It's always such like, it's a bigger deal. Not in the U.S., even though the U.S. women's mm-hmm. team is so good, and I think oh, what's really, really, good. really exciting about it is uh, the semifinal match between England and the U.S. is going to happen on yeah. the day this episode
1: comes out. Whoa, Actually, I have like I have like the the list up on my computer. I am because we actually we watched the French game yesterday. My mm. husband, and I. yeah, yeah, and um, it was one of those things that I was really shocked. I really thought. I mean, to play in France against France, I was like, uh, I don't know about this. But they they pulled it out, and I am. I don't know what's going to happen with the Netherlands, but I I don't know. I think Netherlands versus the United States would be an interesting final game. You know what?
0: Fuck the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going for? <laughs> well, they took out Japan. So oh. fuck the Netherlands.
1: Oh girl. Oh is that the one where they really took out Japan? Uh
0: no, it wasn't too bad. It was 2-1. But... Okay.
1: Oh, oh, dang it. I watched that game too. Who was it the shutout game? I was like 6-7. Yeah. Who was that? That oh, was Dang an... it. Here. That wasn't ins- girl. I watched that game. That game. It was like it was unpleasant to watch after a while. I was like, "Can we just turn it off? It's just not fun anymore." Um Dang it!
0: Yes, so I will be at work during um, the both of the upcoming semifinal games, uh, but Mm. but the uh, the final is on Tanabata. (laughs) (laughs) I said like a Japanese (laughs) holiday, like it means everything.
1: (laughs) I was Uh, just gonna be. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Ooh, girl, what do you eat on that day?" (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's on seven
0: seven, which is a Mm. Sunday. So, so that's exciting because I won't be at work and I can watch the final.
1: Nice. That's so exciting. Yeah, um, I actually, oh, I'm so excited because it, it comes out like at 8 o'clock on Tuesday here. So I'm so pumped. But yeah, that's my happy place. Uh, what about you, Danny? My happy place
0: is, I don't know how much to give away about my job. But part of my job over the summer is a large part of it is managing a summer camp and I'm teaching for a couple of the sessions of the summer camp. And I just finished one of the sessions I'm teaching and I'm doing like collaborative playwriting with kids And I just had a group that I worked with for two weeks, uh, 11 to 14-year-olds, and they wrote a play, and it was a play about climate change with, like, an unhappy ending. Like, I love that it was a very cynical ending, and, like, I... I just I I always like to start with, with that age group. I usually do kind of social justice themed plays. So we brainstorm social justice issues that are important to them. We talk about what social justice is. We make an a list, And then we, you know, they have like impassioned pleas about why we should do their topic um, and we vote. It's all very collaborative and democratic. And sometimes they choose stuff that I don't want to do, but it's them, not me. So I kind of let it go and let them do their thing. But yeah, it was it was a really, really cute, cute play about about climate change destroying the world and you know at the very end the last scene is like an impassioned protester giving this this speech about how climate oh. change is real and everyone's booing but she's still going and and then she gets arrested oh. by the government and taken away oh. Oh. <laughs> and then the government says she's lying <laughs> like i don't know it was just like an amazing amazing little girl
1: play. that is that yeah my happy place is garbage no it's not a contest <laughs> but that definitely would win in a hypothetical contest that i love that age group so many people don't like middle school age i think it's like the most precious age ever and to be able to do that that is so awesome to have purpose driven art at such a young age oh yeah living. and
0: and i mean it's like it's really important to me and I I had this moment of after they made this list One of them was like, look at this huge list of issues that are important to us. And we're only middle schoolers. And I'm like, dude, no, don't ever say we're only middle schoolers or we're just Mm -hmm. 12. Like you have these opinions and these feelings and clearly this shit is impacting you. I did not say shit, but
1: (laughs) I kind of wish you did, but I understand.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I'm like, this stuff really impacts you and you're entitled to your opinions. And It's going to continue to impact you. So you need to practice talking about it now.
1: Yes. Ah, living for it. Love it. That is so cool.
0: Yeah, that's my happy place.
1: Oh, what a lovely happy place. Teach the children, everybody. Teach the children.
0: Right? (laughs) They're literally the future, so.
1: Oh, and we have so much to apologize for already. So we should probably do something nice for them. Yeah.
0: So that's it for this episode. Uh, We'll be back again next week with a mini episode. And then in two weeks with a full episode. In the meantime, we want to hear from you and you can do that in a variety of ways. You can email us. Our email address is biracialunicorns at gmail.com. You can connect with us via the social medias. We are Mm -hmm. on Instagram and Facebook as biracialunicorns. And we are on Twitter at biracialmagic.
1: We also want to thank our amazing artists for Deli Pop Art. Oh, Isn't our logo super cute, guys? And we also want to thank... It's super cute. We also want to thank the amazing uh, Joseph Scott of Citizens of Tape City for our music. Um, it always makes me smile. And uh, yeah, we... Uh, yes, I'm so excited to hear about what you all have to say about this topic. So please, 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 we'd love to hear that.
0: Yes. So... Also, you should subscribe if you aren't subscribed already. We're available mm-hmm. on all the major podcasting platforms, so you should also maybe just you know take your friend's phone and subscribe for them. Also, you know, I mean,
1: I think it, it this counts as therapy. Yes, so
0: yes, but yes, does. please, please share, share. Our podcast, if you like our podcast, um share with your friends and then you have somebody to talk to about whatever it is we're rambling about for an hour.
1: Mm-hmm. You can ask them their opinion about our ramblings, and then you all can ramble. And so we're just you know, seeking
0: to open dialogue and conversation in much, much rambling in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Professional ramblers. <laughs> Also please comment and, and give feedback. We we really do treasure all of that. So, I think So,
0: yes. we we're is this done. is this
1: we felt every emotion humanly possible today. All
0: of the emotions and we hope you felt some emotions maybe. <laughs> Mostly
1: positive
0: ones. <laughs> hopefully. <Or>. Hopefully. <laughs> Or at the very least, it was cathartic and you like yelled and cried. That would be fine, too.
1: Yeah. And you can tell us about that, too, because it's a safe place. Absolutely. So we'll be back. Peace. Out.